Super Talk Mississippi media production. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome to Coast View, the show that every single day celebrates the men and women who are making coastal Mississippi such a great place to live, work, and play. Hey, listen, we're going to have a great show today. We're going to tell a story about an interesting link that exists between someone here in in Mississippi and the Queen, you know, with the Queen's... Uh, seven days leading up to her funeral. It's really a, a dynamic time, and uh, as you probably have already read by now, it was the most viewed event in history. Unbelievable number of people paid attention to that, because you know that at the end of the day, the Queen touched a lot of people, but we're going to come back to that in just a second. I want to share with you, you know, one of the things that in my conversations with entrepreneurs and CEOs and even people who work in the community, there is always a bit of a dogged determination. You know, you've heard us talk about this before, kind of fake it till you make it. But this th- this thought that you got to be willing to take risk and step out there and be willing to do things you've never done before. And that's the way you get better. That's the way you, you sharpen your saw and improve your skills. And, and you're able to ultimately, you know, make a bigger contribution in your company or in the community. Um, I ran across this the other day. It was, a, it was a, a, a note about in 1973, Billie Jean King, you remember her? She she beat Bobby Riggs in what was uh, what was called the Battle of the Sexes tennis match back in those days, and um, she said something that was kind of I think uh, applicable to what we're talking about now. She said that champions keep playing until they get it right. I love that. I mean, you, you don't always get it right the first time. In fact, you know, every professional athlete will tell you it takes a lot of work. Frank Willem, uh, who's been on my show before, he's a tr- tremendous entrepreneur, had a lot of success. And he posted this the other day. He said, the quickest way to succeed is to start now and figure it out as you go. You can't learn to drive in a parked car. <laughs> I thought that was perfect, actually. You can't learn to drive in a parked car. Same thing goes for yourself uh, and the goals that you may have set for your state. And then my friend Susan Myers Griggs, uh, one, of, one of the more positive people I know, uh, she posted this from Paulo Co- Coelho. And here's what, it, here's what he said. A, a mistake repeated more than once is a choice. And I guess the point here is that you just got to learn from your mistakes. That That is for sure. Um, I said that we're going to talk about a connection that exists with the Queen. And I wanted to start with this to share with you that if you go back and look at, at the, the Queen's relationships with with U.S. presidents. It's, it's a fascinating history, actually. As queen, she actually met with 13 different presidents, but but when she would, before she became queen, she actually met with uh, with President Truman along the way. But you can go and look and see that the, the first president she, she met with uh, was uh, President Kennedy uh, after she was queen, of course. And then um, more recently, she met with, with President Biden. Um, and you can go back and read this this incredible story of, you know, meeting with President Eisenhower and and the, the relationship which she did have with President Kennedy and with Nixon and the you know the, the it just goes on and on. But you think about it, if you go back and look, you see pictures of her dancing with President Ford and 
you know these these uh, just terrific opportunities to to continue to meet at, you know on the on the world leader stage with some of the most important presidents in our history. And, um, you know, there's this great photo, incidentally, of, of President Reagan and the Queen on horseback. They used to love to ride horseback together and, and, and ride. But you think about the, the amazing history that she was involved with. You know, I can only imagine what it takes to have a president meet with the Queen because, you're from the, you know, you know just from the Queen's point of view what you saw in the seven days leading up to her funeral. There's a lot of formalities there's a there's they don't leave a stone unturned when when their head of state comes to town and i personally had the opportunity to actually meet or actually work once on the white house advance team when vice president george w bush came down here uh, uh excuse me george h w bush came to coastal mississippi and got a chance to meet him and his wife and got you know what a wonderful man he was incidentally but but to be able to see from behind the scenes the the enormous amount of details that these guys focus on when the president comes to town. Imagine what that's like when when you meet with the queen. And uh, I want to share with you one particular picture that will connect the conversation today. And Cal, if you put it up for the Facebook audience and the YouTube audience, but what this is is the queen and the, and uh, and her husband and uh, George Bush and his wife the first lady, and they're kind of laughing together, and it's an important moment in history. Um, and we have someone here in Mississippi, someone who's been on the show several times, and we've told a little bit about his history. I want to invite my friend Craig Ray to the conversation, who is the executive director for Visit Mississippi. And you may remember that when we talked the first time, when we told his story, he spent some time as a special assistant for for President Bush, and that actually you know put him in a position to travel at times with the, with the president. And in one particular case, they had the opportunity to plan a meeting between the president and the queen, and he and he was actually there in that moment. So it's going to be a fascinating story, and it's a, and it's a and it's a good story. It gives you a sense of what has to go on behind the scenes to make a single moment that photo i just shared happen anyway craig how you doing my friend ricky i'm doing great thank you so much for having me on the show looking forward to talking about cruising the coast today and and and, and the passing of the queen and some stories that we have and experiences uh meeting this special lady and um, so i'm glad to be on the show yeah, it's good to see you, man. Yeah, cruising the coast is coming up, and we've got an hour together, so we get a chance to really focus yeah, on sure. how important. Huh, excuse me. Yeah, you got it. for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And we've got a we've got a show planned with Woody Bailey as well. So we're we're really looking forward to bringing attention back to cruising the coast. What this incredible event is for not just coastal Mississippi, from Mississippi, with people coming from literally all over the world to attend it. And look forward to chatting with you about it. Hey, before we get into the all the details that you were involved with around the meeting between the Queen and President Bush, let's remind people uh, sort of what your role was in the White House, because you had this tremendous opportunity that <clears throat> gave you uh, an insider's look at so much of history. So remind people what that role was. Well, I served at the White House on two different occasions. I, I served with George Herbert Walker Bush from 1989 to uh, 1993. And then I served for his son, George W. Bush, for uh 2001 to 2003, and, and then I came home to uh, to serve on 
at that time, Haley Barber's campaign for governor and who became governor. And I stayed here in, in, in the role that I'm in. So uh, at that time, the, the role that I served was uh, special assistant to the president and deputy director for advanced and special events. So meaning we planned every step of his travel the time he left the White House, whether it was going to Camp David, going to Kenny Bunkport, going to Texas, going to Russia, going to Hawaii, wherever he was going, we not only planned his trip, but we worked with the Secret Service, the, the military, the press office, um, speech writers. We, we were the go-to. Once the plan was like, we want to go here, y'all make it work from every detail, working with the local organization, whether it be, it, in your case, you know, the Mississippi Gulf Coast, the mayors and the representatives and the senators and or the host committee, whoever it was, we were the point of contact for that. So it wasn't just one trip. I, in, in my role, we might have 15 trips going on at the same time. Uh, uh, we might have four or five in the city of Washington, D.C., three or four domestic, and then might be an inter an international trip going on at the same time. So it could be anywhere from four, five, six, up to 15 trips going on. All the, many of the same details uh, that we would manage. And um, it, it's, it's you know, when you see that beautiful photo that you just showed, it, that took about two months of planning. It's, it's, you know, it's unbelievable. I mentioned that I had the opportunity to at least, you know, to it was just an opportunity. Someone asked, do you want to work with the White House advance team on on this visit? I was at the Sun-Herald at the time. I said, I'd love to go see, you know, how it works. And uh, you met Bob Sawyer here in Coastal Mississippi inv was involved in lots of White House advanced yeah. team work for a long time, and we told his story. But uh, but it was so intricate from the moment they landed. I mean, just I mean everything was planned out. Of course, there's no margin for error. Actually, when you've got the president or the vice president uh, traveling, there's literally no margin for error, and you've got a, a team of professionals that are involved in lots and lots of advanced planning, don't you? You sure do, and. And when you say, when you're planning a trip, if you're going to Gulfport, Mississippi, and he needs to be on the stage to give his remarks at 10 o'clock in the morning, well, then he needs to be at the airport at probably 9.15 to allow for a 15-minute motorcade to get there and get in on the stage. And then he needs to depart at a certain time because he probably has two more events that day somewhere else and back to in D.C. for a meeting. So, Every minute counts. So you tell everyone we need to land it at, at 9.13. They'll have the plane down and those wheels will be locked. And, and but every minute adds up. So if you're late, then you're late to the next event, you're late to the next event, and then you miss something later. So every every minute counts. Just that's, that's, that's exactly what I observed, and I can only imagine when the president is going to meet with the queen. What oh. in what in the world is involved with that? We're gonna we're gonna tell that story when we come back. We'll see you with uh, with uh, Craig Ray from Visit Mississippi after this. His love for the coast is why he's here. It's Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. I have my friend Craig Ray. C. Ray is how we know him. He's the executive director for Visit Mississippi. And we're going to talk about 
what's the latest at Visit Mississippi and, of course, Cruising the Coast coming up? They've got a huge role in that, and they support Woody Bailey so 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 uh, well over so many years. It's incredible how important that event has become, not just to Coastal Mississippi, but, but to Mississippi. But first, we're telling this fascinating story about the link between Craig Ray and a, and a specific meeting that happened between President Bush and uh, and the Queen. And yeah, I thought it was interesting that we had that conversation to start out, Craig, so that people could get a sense of under normal circumstances when a president travels, there's an enormous lot of details to deal with, both from team in Washington, from the advanced team, the traveling team. And everything is down to the to the minute about where he's going to be and what he's going to be doing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I can't imagine what planning an overseas trip to meet with the Queen might be about. So why don't you kind of start with how that came about and what what happens during the uh, two-month lead-up to the actual meeting, the meetings that happened at at the palace, et cetera. So take us through that. Well, what you normally would do, what we did during the Bush, George W. Bush administration for scheduling, you have – one main event that you're going to attend. In this case, it was the G8 summit in Genoa, Italy. And so that was our big target. We were going to that event. And of course, if you can imagine having eight other countries and their presidents and their heads of state going to this small city in in Italy, that was the main target, main logistic plan. But on the way, Every president, I would say at least all of our U.S. presidents, when you're going somewhere like that for a big event, you want to make some other stops along the way, kind of make it worthwhile, whether it be one stop, two stops, so on and so forth. So one of the stops we chose to make on the way, again, you're looking at July 19, 2001, the president was just elected. So this is before September 11th. And this is like two months after he's been inaugurated. And this is his first international trip. So he hasn't met the queen. He hasn't really met anybody in this capacity so far at this point. So we scheduled a stop. First stop was going to be in the UK to London. And we were going to meet with um, Prime Minister Tony Blair. And we had requested an audience with the queen. You do not go to London and meet with the prime minister and not uh, request a meeting with uh, the queen and the prince, whether it be uh, if it's official state dinner or something, they would invite you. But if you're there, you would invite, you would ask, uh, request an audience, whether it be coffee, tea, or lunch, something. So we had requested a a lunch uh, with, with the queen, knowing we were meeting with uh, the prime minister for more substantive meetings that afternoon and evening, and then the next day we we moved on to Italy to uh, to the G8 summit. So with that, we start our planning, which is we go, you know, three to four weeks before our main trip to do the pre-advance, as it's called. And you go to these countries, and you go and you meet with the prime minister's office. In this case, you met with the queen's. Um, team which would be like if you for all those fans of years that are watching this show that watch the crown on netflix just kind of insert this story into that where you're meeting with the chief of protocol the aide de camp the lady in waiting you're meeting with all the administrative people from buckingham palace uh from the 
the court security, which is uh, equivalent to uh, the Secret Service and, and, and the press, uh, everybody that you work with, that's who we were meeting with to plan this event, which was going to be uh, about a two-hour lunch and then a tour of Buckingham Palace for the president and first lady. So our first part of the role is to set that meeting up along with the prime minister's meeting and then to look at some possible things that the president might want to do while he's there. We went to the um, uh, the the Winston Churchill bunker, the famous bunker, World War II, where he actually managed the war that was like two blocks from 10 Downey Street. And we looked at that as an opportunity that the, that the president might want to visit there. We went to Checkers, which was their Camp David, which is where their, uh, their prime ministers live and serve on the weekends. They have the option to live in town or stay out at Checkers. So we went there for the meeting for, for Tony Blair. And then we met, we went to Buckingham Palace, uh, met with all the staff and the team and talked about the logistics. It'd be the equivalent of someone coming to the White House to meet with the president. Same type of logistics, but at a much accelerated level, as you can imagine. So it, it was quite the honor to just be there for the pre-advance and meet with all of our counterparts and go through the important details to stage a photo. And then really the, the lunch and, and, the, and the tour was more on them, not on us. We kind of, at, at that point, you release the leader, you release the president, the first lady, and they go into their hands for this private lunch and dinner. But we, we staged everything else, uh, the photo that you showed earlier. So, um, you know, e exhausting details to, to go to that moment, to who gets to come in, the number of press, their side, our side, the number of staff, the number of security, the number of vehicles that come through the gate, how long they will meet, what they will say, what type of gifts will be exchanged, what topics will be discussed, what will be served for lunch, what rooms would they like to see at Buckingham Palace, how long can they be there before they go to see the prime minister. All of those details, exhausting, the same details we would have if they came to the White House, but it was, it was just an honor being there on the pre-advance, you know, no expectations to meet the queen or, or the prince or any royal family. We we're just doing work at the time, knowing during the visit, uh, we would see the queen, the prince, members of the royal family that were there and see all the pomp and circumstance, their military, the the parade, the, the everything that comes into an official visit. So. It was it was quite the planning, and and for those that are in that industry, what we are we appreciated logistics. We appreciated you. Would you like us here at ten fifty nine? We will be here at ten fifty seven. You know, we, we will we will do what you want us to do as as a good uh, representative of the United States as your guest. So it was it was just uh, fascinating and and, and watching what's taken place over the last couple of days for the the uh, the funeral uh the queen was quite the detail person as well and she had planned this funeral for 20 years everything you saw on tv whether you watch it on cnn or any of the other networks had been planned every minute every movement of the vehicles that were chosen who's sitting in which seats what's going to be 
preached, said, talked about, um, everything was all planned. So er everything that took place once she passed away had been planned. Hey, Craig, before we get to the actual visit, I'm curious about in this planning meeting you guys had at Buckingham Palace, and you had the, the head of protocol and the lady-in-waiting and the aide-de-camp there and others, and then, of course, your team. Was there anything that surprised you about the way they conducted themselves or what they asked for or – you know, because you'd been in your world as sort of a pre-planner, and now you're, you know, you're looking at the way they do it. Was there anything while you were doing? It, you said, "Man, I'm fascinated by that." Was there any interesting kind of side stories to this? A lot of respect. We respected. You know, you're inside this very secure place of Buckingham Palace, a, 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 a gated palace, and respecting their security, respecting what they wanted. Um, or what they expected from us. Um, I think there's always this, what I saw traveling the world with the president was there's this intrigue of not only our president, but our security, our capabilities while we travel with security, whether it being the football, which is the mechanism to, to, uh, to start a, nuclear war if need be, but just the magnitude of our power that traveled with us from the United States. We brought Air Force One, we brought the United States of America with us to where we went. And I always sensed that, that power that uh, everywhere that we went to. And, and, and I felt from our group, to include the members of the press that, that came with us and traveled on Air Force One, all of our staff, there was this, true respect for, for the queen and, and the monarch. I mean, who's, I mean, I'm so fortunate to just be in that spot to, to meet the queen and, and, and the prince to be there in that location. That, so there was a, just a lot of respect that I, I'm not saying I was looking for, but it, it just, we didn't have like a coaches meetings. All right, now here's how we need to feel guys, secret service, military. It was just true when you came into that zone, when you were there, this feeling that we didn't know how, how we would feel, that it was just this true aura of, res of respect and, and presence that the monarch has. You feel, you feel the weight, all of you felt the weight of your, your joint responsibilities as this, as this imp impending uh, you know, introduction was going to take place. Hey, when we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Craig Ray, and we'll hear about the specific moment he got to see the Queen. We'll see you after this. Subscribe for free to the Coast View Podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. You may remember when Ashley Edwards and I visited together, we talked about a wide range of subjects. And one of the, one of the things we talked about was some connections that Mississippi had with uh, the monarch and with, uh, with um, uh, the UK. And I, I mentioned, by the way, and we've got Craig Ray 
uh, from Visit Mississippi with us, and he is telling this fascinating story about the about the advance work he did for President Bush, George W. Bush, to meet the Queen. And anyway, when at one of the one of the things that I remember well, Craig, is that after Hurricane Katrina, when Andreas Duany, the famed architect and planner, who is the father of new urbanism, came to do these charrettes for the cities of coastal Mississippi. Um, had a hundred architects and planners from around the world. It was incredible his ability to draw people in here. But, but, but included in the group were representatives from the Prince of Wales Foundation, and uh, they were involved in community building. And I thought it was so interesting that Andreas would have that connection, and that the Prince of Wales Foundation would be interested in coming to help us after Hurricane Katrina. But that was always an interesting connection to me. But you know, their work around the world. You know, a lot of debate. Some of it's good, not some. It's amazing, but at the end of the day, their work around the world—it goes way beyond the UK. And uh, you know, a lot of people have learned a lot about the monarchy. What you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly as it relates to the history there. And uh, it's been a great opportunity for us to really kind of focus on the Mississippi connections. So when we went to break, Craig, we were talking about the the advance work you guys did, starting like two months ahead of time, and then the the visit at Buckingham palace where you had the opportunity to meet with key people from the queen staff and really plan this really photo moment that we that we shared at the beginning of the show cal you can pop the, sh- the, the picture up again uh that we share we're sharing this with the facebook and youtube audience of the president and first lady with uh, the queen and the prince and a uh, great moment my friend craig ray was there for when that photo was taken so all the work that led to the to that first introduction and ironically just a couple of months before september the 11th everything would change so dramatically after september the 11th you know if 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 uh, the advance work was on steroids before september the 11th it was dang sure on steroids after september the 11th and i got to see some of that in fact after hurricane katrina when the president came to visit coastal mississippi but so Craig, so take us up to now. You left. You've left the, the Buckingham Palace. You've got a plan. Now you got to execute the plan. Let's take us through that. Well, once once we arrived, as I shared at the break, you, you know the moment where where this all becomes real because we're, we're planning this summit at the G8, and you're dealing with all these other world leaders, and you're you, you've got so many other logistics and details that you're planning, and you know did you did you was I even focusing on, gosh, I'm going to be able to meet the queen, see the queen, be in this moment. And until we had the motorcade, Air Force One lands, we we come into London proper and we're, we're going to meet with the queen and, and we we're going through the gates of Buckingham Palace that you see on the news. And you see for those, again, that watch the crown and, and see that moment where people all the tourists are waiting outside the gate and the gate opens to come in. So we're we're coming through the gate and like, oh my gosh, this is real. We are going in to meet with the queen and the prince with, with all of our team and all of our staff and all of our press. And, and, and everybody was just giddy. They were just in all the vehicles. Everybody was excited at Mont like we're here, we're going to meet with. And I might even say, even even the you know, the press who are usually usually kind of uh, you know uh, wanting to be ultimately professional and all the time and not letting themselves be known as being giddy yeah. about anything. Even the press was excited, weren't they? 
they were excited and they knew it wasn't a moment to throw out a question. Hey, Queen, what do you think about this? Hey, Mr. President, what do you think about that? It was an opportunity for them later when they met with Tony Blair, the prime minister, there would be other substantive opportunities. This is a meeting first time with the president of the United States, first lady and the queen, the prince. So it's very gentleman. You know, everybody's just glad to be in Buckingham Palace in the foyer and being there staged and waiting for, um, we, had, we had arrived, we brought in the press. They had them staged at this photo op area, about 15 feet away from where the, the queen and the prince would walk down the staircase uh, in, in, in the foyer and we would bring out the president and, and the first lady in a true stage photo, which you see, which you shared earlier. And, and for that moment, it was this royal, uh, I wouldn't say Disney moment, uh, just a just a Hollywood moment where they yeah. they larger than together. life, it larger was. than life. And yeah. at that point, I, I can just as I'm telling the story, your heart flutters and your goosebumps. It was like, oh my gosh, this is like we not only have we worked so long to plan this moment, but it's happening, and it's a special, it's a good moment, it's a great yeah. moment, and, yeah. and 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 so. They they take their pictures. Nobody, all the press acted accordingly. They were just as excited to, you saw people, what was funny is they had their cameras and they're rolling everything in, and then they pull out of their pocket their own personal cameras that they're taking photos. And this is probably before selfies, you know, but everybody was, you know, enjoying the moment. So it was, it was special. And like you said, from that photo, you look at it and you go, oh my gosh, that was before September 11th. President Bush was elected as the education president. No child left behind. You know, there wasn't a Hurricane Katrina yet. It was just this innocent, hardworking American that became president, was on his first trip to meet with world leaders and meet with the queen. It was just this moment that none of us had any idea. Nope, nobody did it. What was going to happen later? So how did, how did you feel when the queen entered the, you know, the room? I, I was my... I would have to say, I don't know if my knees were knocking, but I was really just like, wow, this is, uh, I'm trying to think maybe it was like when I saw the Rolling Stones in New Orleans, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, something, other special event, 1982, uh, when I was in college. But, you know, when you see somebody uh, of this stature that, or maybe it would have been like meeting Elvis, Presley. Yeah, uh, yeah. To me, I worked for the President of the United States, so I was used to that. But meeting the Queen and being there and seeing that moment, it was it was just something that I would never forget. It was very special. And yeah, all the plans that, worked out. Everybody. Hey, that's what I was going to ask you. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it all it all came together. But you know, I, that's why that's why you plan. You got a lot of contingencies built in, and that that's super exciting. Hey, one yeah. last question before we shift gears. Yeah. When you when the motorcade pulled up at the palace, um, what did it look like? Was there was there some formal thing going on outside? For this, it was not an official state visit. Uh, yeah. The president came back to Buckingham Palace in 2003 in November for a state dinner, of, and he brought his father, George Herbert Walker Bush, mm -hmm. they, they a joint state dinner, and he actually stayed at Buckingham Palace for the night. Yeah, I've seen some videos of that visit. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and, yeah. I, and I think in record, he's one of two United States presidents 
only that have stayed at Buckingham Palace. Yeah. So yeah. that, what we did, planted the seed for a great visit, good friendship, good courtship to plan for this later because his father, George Herbert Walker Bush, had a great relationship with, with the Queen as well. So that led to that invitation in, in November of 2003. But um, so when we arrived, there wasn't a whole lot of pomp and circumstance once we we're inside the gates other than, you know, some some military guard that was set up and the and the gentleman with uh with the furry black hats i'm trying to remember their official title uh, the guards uh but but it wasn't a whole lot of uh like a a band or anything more it was is a true small scale event but all the streets leading into buckingham palace were were, were blocked off for security reasons and yeah. But but once you once we're inside the gate, there were just a, a little bit of a show, but not not a whole lot. All these kind of like Forrest Gump moments, you know, where yeah. you just find yourself. I I had let me tell you, I'll tell you my 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 quick little Forrest Gump moments. When I was a kid, my dad brought me in 1969 after Hurricane Camille to the Gulfport Airport to see when President Nixon came here to, to give his speech after Hurricane after Hurricane Camille. And where we were standing, we couldn't see where he was. He came through this. He came off the airplane, walked through this herd of people and to get to where he was headed. And my dad said, well, I can't get through. So he said, son, late, you know, get down low and just go through there. And I, went, I did that. When I came up, I literally came up. Craig and and Nixon was standing right there, and I shook hands. Wow. I was I was just a kid. I didn't know at the time how important that was. And then later in my life, I, I was a paramedic in President Ford's motorcade when he visited down here. And then I worked with uh, the media when I worked at the Sun Herald, worked with the media when Reagan came down here. Of course, I met you know Bush through the White House advance team opportunity. And then, of course, with, with President Bush, uh, W. Bush, I got the chance to spend a lot of time with him after Hurricane Katrina, working closely with Haley Barber. But all these Forrest Gump moments, the way I look at it. It. I don't know how you look at it, but it, it, that's just the way it is. Yeah. Um, it's great to scrape, you know, the edges of history and and be able to see it with your own eyes. And I really appreciate you sharing that story. It's just a, just an awesome story. Well, thank you. It, yeah. it, it was a special moment, and it reminds me of a lot of other times we've had together. But especially in these times, memory. Uh, remembering the queen and the, the great service she had for Yeah, no doubt about it. Hey, when we come back, we'll talk about cruising the coast. We'll see you after this break. Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. We're visiting with my friend Craig Ray, C. Ray, from uh, to Visit Mississippi. And I, I joked with him a little bit off the air that, you know, I mentioned that the, the, for me, there were these Forrest Gump moments when I got to kind of scrape, you know, near the president. But with, with Craig, it was his job. And he worked with uh, both President Bush's. Uh, he was telling us during the break of once when 
they signed one of the treaties in Moscow with President Gorbachev. Uh, Craig was there. <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring him back. He should write a book. I'm going to bring him back, and we're going to talk about some of these other experiences because it's just a fascinating story. Sea Ray never, never ceases to amaze. That is for sure. So let's, let's shift gears, uh, Craig. Man, cruising the coast it has become a really significant event for Mississippi, hasn't it? It sure has. And I tell you, every state in the country, I serve on three national boards, every state would be jealous of owning a cruise on the coast in their state, of having a signature event, other than SEC football, which we have, SEC sports, but having a cruise on the coast for 25 years on the Mississippi Gulf Coast is so special. Woody and his team have just done an unbelievable job of managing, promoting this event. We love being sponsors and helping them uh, with this. You know, 100,000 people plus for a full week. Every hotel room sold out. Every state representative, I think two or three countries this year over, I think this year already, Woody was telling me over 9,000 cars that have been signed up along with what five or six that don't sign up to still come down. It just it's an amazing event. We can, we can sit here and talk about this all the time, and but it's what a great event for the coast and for the state of Mississippi. I mean, all these vehicles that are coming into the state and people visiting the whole state, it, it's, it, it's an amazing event. Well, Craig, what's interesting and in what you and I and Woody have talked about over the last you know, couple of years is that what makes this one unique? You can go to other events and they're in single cities and they do a great job of hosting and you know people who drive cars love that. But with the with the with the Beach Boulevard Drive here in coastal Mississippi and the three counties and the opportunity to showcase the way that they kind of showcase each of the cities that make up coastal Mississippi's with these stops along the way from Bay St. Louis to Moss Point and all points in between. It's a unique event in that way. And the way they coordinate that, Craig, is just incredible. It's it's truly, you know, it it has something for everybody. You, you have the auction areas where you can go buy a car if you like. Yeah, my, you, my buddy uh, Pete Vacari. Yeah, yeah for it, sure. Yeah. It, and if you have, uh, if you're a, a sponsor, you have sponsor parties. If you're a VIP, they have VIP receptions. If you just out with your cooler and, and your lawn chair and sitting on the highway and watching cars cruising down the road. If you have your RV up in the park on, on the side, um, there's something for everybody to feel and touch. What, what's great about this event too is these people that bring in their cars, they're from all over the United States. They love coming to Mississippi. You can touch their cars. You can talk to them. They they are the celebrities. They're bringing their vehicles to the coast. So it's not just 9,000 vehicles. There are 9,000 celebrities that own these old cars, these antiques, these cruisers. And it's just an, it's an amazing week of, of tourism and, and and fun, I, I, you know, the economic impact that comes to the coast and, and, the, and the good, uh, the feel-good vibe that it creates for, for Mississippi is, is incredible. Woody and his team have just done a wonderful job with this event. So, Craig, I probably mentioned this to you, but after one of our live remotes at Town Green during, uh, during cruising, 
uh, I had Woody on, and uh, the show, my show, my portion of the show was over. So, um, Woody said, "You, you want to go for a walk?" I said, "Sure." So we went for a walk, and you, you know, you're talking about nine thousand celebrities. Everybody, you know, everybody is you know really proud, and everyone's you know showing off their cars, and the, all the cars are so shiny and whatever. So Woody, Woody and I are walking along, and we could we take about five steps, and we'd get stopped, and we take about five more steps, and we'd get stopped. And one time, it'd be somebody from California another guy from Wisconsin, another guy from New York, another guy from, you know, literally, Woody was the celebrity. (laughs) Every single person knew Woody. It was amazing to me. Yes, he is. Yeah, he's been there for 25, this is year 26, and and one of the founders uh, of of this concept and, and the event, and they, you know, he has created a fun space for these owners so when you have these cars as as i've learned you want to share your car you want to show people your car you want to go wherever it is and having the number one and two car show in the united states rated by usa today for the last during the last five years it's amazing and, and so people want to come there they, they want to do that and he is the godfather i mean he is he is <laughs> yes, he, he is, is the man and they've done gosh it's it's a great, you know, here, the other thing is a great way to introduce Mississippi and your passion, the, the various trails we have all across the state of Mississippi, as you pointed out, the largest outdoor museum in the United States. And there's so much to talk about. But, I mean, you know, this, 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 once they come in, then they sort of get introduced to the rest of the state and they'll come back. They'll come back in those cars and cruise through the Delta and do whatever they're going to do. But listen, we're out of time, my friend. It has been a pleasure. I love spending time with you. I love to hear your queen story what a terrific visit this has been today thank you ricky for having me on the show always great to talk about the coast and i love to share my presidential experiences as well it's been fun and looking forward to another great cruise on the coast this year for sure for sure hey it's been a pleasure this has been craig ray from visit mississippi we'll have him back and we'll tell some more presidential stories Follow Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Super Talk MS Coast 103.1. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.